Hi, this is Bob Johnson. And this is Dave Dunham. And we are bringing you Conversations at the Corner, the podcast from Cornerstone Baptist Church in Roseville, Michigan, where we discuss matters that we think are helpful for our members. Cornerstone Baptist Church exists to help believers look more like Jesus through worship, instruction, fellowship, and evangelism. And Dave, our topic today explores, I think, (laughs) all four of those categories. Yeah. But before we get into that, Dave, a little bit about you. Um, Tell us about your family. Yeah. Uh, So my wife and I uh, have been married, uh, it'll actually be 15 years tomorrow. Um, Ah, congratulations. uh, 15 years tomorrow on the day we're recording this. So, uh, yeah, 15 years. We have three kids. Um, our daughter is um, 11 years old. Our son is nine years old. And uh, a few years ago, we had a, a pleasant surprise and a two-year-old. Um, uh, our daughter is two years old now. So, uh, yeah, so we're, uh, we're enjoying family life. We've been here in Michigan for six years uh, at Cornerstone. And, uh, yeah. All right. Well, I, I probably should have said today at the recording is June 18th, right. 2019. So uh, that gives people some context uh, whenever they're listening to this. So how long have you been on staff here? Yeah, so it's been roughly six years. I think it was six years in April. So that uh, at present is the longest that Chris and I have ever lived in one location. So we have moved around quite a bit um, throughout our 15 years of marriage. So uh, we're planning not to move anymore. <laughs> well, that's good to hear, because uh, we are planning on uh, you being here for a very, very long time. So that's that's good good to hear that. Um, one of your primary responsibilities um, is to oversee our counseling ministry. Yeah. And I want to talk to you a little bit about that today, knowing that there's a lot that we could cover on that, and we'll probably not get through everything there is to say about that. But um, you have said that Mm. there's a sense in which, as followers of Christ, and certainly members of this church, that we are all counselors. Mm. What do you mean by that? Well, I think there's a sense in which we we are all called to give counsel. Uh, You have friends, family members, children, um, uh, you know, Sunday school classmates, uh, people who sit around you in church, who just because they're in crisis, they're struggling, they're unsure, they are asking your input. So there's a sense in which we're all sort of um, speaking to one another about important realities, truth, scripture, what the Bible teaches. And the question is whether or not we're very good counselors. So you are, whether you think of it this way or not, you are giving counsel. Uh, and so, you know, one of my goals is to help people evaluate what good and bad counseling tends to look like. So much of what you described, we could just, we could call that informal counseling. Yes. The, the kind of influence that you have on another person. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what you do right. is help uh, oversee more of what we call formal counseling. Um, so what, what would formal counseling be like? Formal counseling tends to be people who know they're in a crisis and they're not sure what to do. And so they're seeking, um, they're, they're seeking uh, a professional relationship where they can get the input of a certainly, a certain competently trained person. So in our case, what that looks like is people, 
uh, would call the office or they would talk to me and say, I'd like to get some counseling. They fill out some paperwork for us. Uh, we process that. We assign them a time slot during the week to come in and meet with uh, a counselor, either me or a member of our team. Um, and, uh, and then they have this uh, uh, somewhat arranged relationship uh, with expectations put on them and expectations put on the counselor uh, that allows them to know sort of what their responsibilities are and what the responsibilities of the counselor are to them. And the goal is the same in that we're trying to help people learn to respond to their life in ways that honor God, uh, help them navigate problems in ways that honor God. Um, but, uh, but the relationship looks different in the formal versus informal. So you mentioned that you have a team. Yeah. Can you tell us a, 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 about the team? How, how, how big is this team? Where did this team come from? Sure. Yeah, so when I came six years ago, um, Denise Hardy was largely the only person doing formal counseling in our church. That was mostly of, of, of women and occasionally some parental situations. But at that time, I think uh, when I came, she had something like 18 cases a week, which is a substantial amount of counseling for one person to be doing. We had some other folks who volunteered time infrequently in the church. They had certain training, and so they would do some different um, assisting. Uh, but by and large, you know, it was just it was just Denise in that formal capacity. And so I became pretty quickly aware there was no way that I was going to be able to do 18 cases a week. I don't know how Denise was able to do it except by God's grace. And so I began thinking through what do we need to do to equip more people to help in this situation. So we began doing training and um, uh, we had our first um, program. We have a three-track training course. So track one deals with theological and philosophical foundations. Track two deals with methodology of counseling. And track three is case studies, practice, and examples. Uh, and so we did our first uh, training in that first year I was here. Uh, we had a huge class. And out of that, a couple of people started, um, mm. started sitting in. They have to do 40 hours of observation with uh, Denise or I and then 10 hours of supervised counseling. Um, and so, uh, uh, or... I reversed that. It's 10 hours of observation, 40 hours of supervised. Uh, and so uh, the goal is just to give them a chance to practice under good supervision and care, make sure that they're, they know what they need to know and they can do a good job. At present, we have um, 12 active counselors from our church um, with varying degrees of experience and certification and vetting and all those sorts of things. Um, but 12 active counselors who've gone through our program uh, and met certain criteria along with meeting some additional criteria that they decided to pursue. Um, so uh, we have then probably at least that many trainees as well, a dozen trainees who sit in on counseling ah, now. Okay. So Thursday so nights is a 12 that are already in the pocket, 12 more yeah. basically so, yeah, that are, yeah. that are yeah, um, working on, it on the on-ramp, so yeah, to speak, right. getting some training and help. So how many people are we serving in a formal counseling setting then from from week yeah. to week i know that would vary but yeah overall um so our volunteers are only allowed to see five people which is a lot um but that's just for their protection not to burn them out denise and i because we see people throughout the whole week we sometimes will take up to 10 though that feels like a lot right now too um so uh thursdays are our primary counseling day and on a thursday we could have um I mean, we could end up seeing something like 30 people in a day um, just from our church and our community. Um, 
we have people driving from all over the region to get help because they know we have faith-based counseling that's free. Um, so we could see 30 people in a day. We could sometimes see 50 people in a, in a, in a day. Uh, and then Denise and I will see people throughout the rest of the week um, ourselves. Um, so, uh, um, you know, in, uh, uh, in any given week, the, the numbers could be very high in are terms you, of how many I, people are seeing. I, I tell you, I find that, and I think our members would find that just hmm. hugely encouraging hmm. to know that we are able to help and we are helping mm -hmm. 30 to 50 people per yeah. week in formal counseling and it's yeah. it's it's biblically based yeah. and the the people are are competent who are doing it and it's free yeah. we are we are able to do this for free yeah. for for people and 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 people are getting some real help yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it's, you know, we love when we have other churches who call and talk to us about how we set things up. We love being able to say to them or being able to say to the crisis pregnancy center when we worked with them that we offer free counseling because it's counseling is expensive. Uh, and so, you know, the reason people will drive from Wald Lake or Flint uh, to come to counseling, we had somebody who drove from Cleveland uh, to get counseling because it's free. Um, it's just so expensive. I mean, you're spending thousands of dollars um, a month for, for regular counseling. Um, and so to, to find out that we, we give away resources for free, we provide counseling for free, um, I think that makes a huge difference to people um, to know that there's, there's a place where they can get some real help that's not going to you know, um, kill them. Yeah. Well, I think this is really good for a membership to know because when we are approving a budget or when mm -hmm. we're you know giving our offerings yeah. uh, on a weekly basis and you know we don't know yeah. all of the ways in which we are serving people mm -hmm. in that in that way can you tell us what are just some of the uh, kinds of uh, issues that we're helping people yeah. with I mean it can span a pretty wide spectrum the most common issues we see people for are marital conflict, um, anxiety, and depression. So those would be the big three. Um, we have, presently, we have cases of eating disorders. Um, we have cases of uh, obsessive-compulsive uh, behaviors. We have um, substance abuse problems. So Thursdays, we have two support groups that run, um, uh, a support group for men struggling with pornography and a support group for men struggling with substance abuse. Um, we have people struggling with assurance of salvation and issues of doubting their faith. Um, uh, it, it runs a gamut. We've had quite a, a spectrum of issues. Um, I know in years past, Denise has counseled individuals with multiple personalities. Um, so you yeah. have situations, obviously, where I think the common person would say, wow, the church is really good probably to help with some spiritual sure. issues. But what you're describing is what many people would assume to be, no, these are more psychological right, issues. Right. And yet we recognize, whoa, 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 wait a minute. There isn't that clear distinction between right. those two. Can you talk, yeah, address, about, mean, address that a little bit? Yeah, so we, we do recognize there are issues that are very complicated and that require certain levels of competency to be able to speak to. And so we do have a process of referral um, knowing that there are certain kinds of situations that we may not be equipped to speak to uh, as fully as we would want. 
Um, we work in partnership with lots of other folks. So, you know, we have a dietitian who helps us with eating disorder cases because we recognize we need professionally trained, competent individuals to speak to those types of issues. Um, and we have ongoing training from other experts. So right now we have uh, 10 people on our team who are going through specifically competent abuse and um, trauma counseling training. Um, professionals, psychologists, social, social workers, batterer interventionists who are giving this training. And so we recognize, yeah, we, we want to be able to speak and help our people in our community in every possible way that we can. But we know there are certain types of situations that we either need to refer or we need to get better competency at. But by and large, we recognize um, the Bible does not give this distinction between psychological problems and spiritual problems. There's just problems. And God is not clueless about what we need and the ways that we can be helped. And there's a lot of debate even in the psychological community about treatments and methods and what should be called a psychological disorder and what shouldn't be. And so we, we leave that to them to sort out their own thinking on those issues. But we know when someone comes to us with OCD and they're asking for help from their church, we cannot in good conscience simply say, sorry, that's, that's beyond my capabilities. We may say, look, I want to help you. Let me see what I need to do and let me see what I need to learn and let me find out a good referral and you and I can think through together, you know, what your counselors are saying in this situation or that situation. So we want to walk alongside somebody, uh, even if we decide that we're not in a position to provide the best help. Um, but we just know most problems that people are facing um, they're common. The scriptures tell us, you know, no temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will provide a way of escape. And so we recognize that most people's problems are common problems. And there are ways in which even if we can't solve all the issues related to it, we can provide some level of stability and help and hope. And so uh, we may need to refer to other professionals for further competencies or further help. Uh, but by and large, we want to begin a process of giving people some hope and some stability in the midst of whatever crisis is facing them. All right. So if I'm average church member oh. and I'm listening to this and I'm thinking, wow, man, we've got all of this the, you know, aspect of the ministry that's going on. Praise God. I'm really grateful mm -hmm. and, and encouraged by that. But it, it probably still seems like something that is... Uh, it's over there. That, right. That's that's a that's a kind of a, a niche part mm -hmm. of the church that's kind of hidden and over there. Um, what do I need to think of as a church member in terms of how how can a local congregation? How can our local congregation encourage that kind of ministry? What what kind of a church member should I be? What kind of and, and what kind of a church should we be to help encourage uh, and provide an atmosphere where that yeah. kind of help for people is um, able to happen in a in a good way? Yeah, the the two things that come to my mind are one: we want to be a church where. Um, uh, spiritual investment in one another is a high priority. So we want to be the kind of church that says, um, it's, it's not just something I could do, it's something I should do to care for the spiritual well-being of my brothers and sisters around me. So taking an interest in how people in your Sunday school class or people in 
uh, who sit around you in the morning service or people in your small group or people in your friend group to take an interest in how they're doing spiritually, to ask good questions, to be concerned about them when they haven't been around for a while, to pray for them regularly, to, to, to know their struggles and to ask them about those struggles. And then we want to be the kind of church where talking about our problems is normal, Mm -hmm. healthy. And so that starts with me, each of us individually saying, I'm going to be open. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be vulnerable. I'm going to say, hey, I'm struggling. Would you pray for me? Hey, uh, could you point me in the direction of some good resources on? Or, you know, what's the scripture passage that has meant something to you when you struggled with X, Y, Z? So, so being honest and open about the fact that I'm struggling and allowing other people to see it's okay to not be okay. Um, and so um, I think those two things would be the most important things because I think the most common phrase I get from people in some form, the most common sentiment I get from people who come to counseling is, if people knew that I was here for this issue. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I, of course, I can't say anything, but I always want to say, Oh, the the people that you think would be embarrassed were here yesterday. Right, so, <laughs> right. Um, uh, you know, the people you think would be shocked they were they were here talking to me about their own problems. Um, and so, you know, we all feel isolated and alone in our trouble. Uh, and in a church our size, we're all struggling with many of the same things. We just don't know it. Uh, and so, being open and honest invites an opportunity for us to help one another and grow together. Well, brother, this topic. Um deserves uh, a lot a lot of attention and so we're gonna we're gonna come back to some more podcasts in the future um in part because you have actually published a book um in counseling you have just been um uh contracted to write another book and Mm -hmm. i want to talk about that um and also uh last question just what are some topics that you would like Mm -hmm. to discuss in the future that you think Hey, this would be helpful for our church family to be yeah. aware of. You know, I, I do think some, some good conversations would be uh, thinking through what does it look like to be spiritually invested in other people's good and well-being? Uh, so what does it look like to take an interest in someone else's spiritual well-being? How do I even do that? I think that would be a fruitful conversation uh, for me to chew on and think about as well as for our church. So what are the kinds of questions I ought to ask? What are the kinds of involvement that I should offer uh, to my friends? I think two conversations about uh, su- just some suggestions on how to manage um, or wrestle with anxiety and depression since they are the most common emotional struggles that we have as people. Uh, and especially since uh, when it comes to experiencing what we call negative emotions, Christians are the hardest on themselves mm. about it. And so what does it look like to experience those things and not condemn myself for every negative feeling I have. So I think that would be some fruitful conversation as well. Right, right. Well, brother, thank you for taking some time out for today. And uh, we will look forward to continuing this conversation. And honestly, it just also gives us an excuse to tell our church family how much we love them Mm -hmm. and want to serve them, serve them well. Mm -hmm. So until our next conversations at the corner, thanks for listening.